Welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma. It's so great to have you along for today's episode. This is our first topic of the year. I know it took us all the way until April to get to a topic. We've had so many wonderful guests. I didn't want to miss out on any of them. We're going to take a little bit of a break talk about some other things. Don't worry, we'll be back to our guests next week. But I wanted to take some time and just chat a little bit about some topics that I find interesting, and I hope that you do too. Before we get into the show, remember to subscribe if you haven't already. Find Christian Historical Fiction Talk on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe there so you don't miss out on any of the topics that we have or any of the authors or anything else that is coming up. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And I promise we are now on Instagram. I realized that I'd been using a scheduler and for whatever reason, it wasn't connecting to my Instagram account and it wasn't posting anything. And I'm so upset about that. And I'm so sorry about that. And I just happened to be in there doing something today and noticed that it wasn't posting anything. It took me quite a while, but I got it all figured out, I think, I hope, and it should be posting correctly now. So my apologies, but you can find us on Instagram as well. Finally, if you wouldn't mind taking a few minutes, heading over to my website, LizTolzma.com, checking out my Patreon there. You can find it on any of the newer episodes. Just click there. There's a link in there that'll take you over to Patreon consider how you might be able to support the podcast. I just got another notice that something else is going up in price and there are some expenses. And if you would consider helping me out so that we can keep providing good, high quality podcasts and highlighting these wonderful authors that are out there and talking about some of the topics that you like to talk about and keeping up on the news in the world of Christian historical fiction. I would really appreciate that. Okay, as I said, today is our first topic of the year, so you get to listen to me for the entire duration of this show. I really should have done this back in like December or January when the new year was starting and people were starting to sign up for reading challenges for 2023. I saw all that going on on Facebook and Goodreads and all of that, and I pretty much ignored it. I had never done a challenge before. Maybe I take that back. Maybe I did one in grade school, you know, the summer reading programs at the library. I wouldn't doubt that I did one because there was probably some prize or another. And if I could possibly win something, I'm going to give it a shot. So I may have done one many eons ago back when I was in grade school, but haven't done one since then. And there are reasons why I haven't done them. One of them simply being my time. I am busy writing. I am busy with family commitments. I have the podcast. I have a million and one other things going on in my life. And it just never liked to be tied down to a reading challenge. And once I start something, I really like to 
complete it. So I hate to start it and then not see it through to the end. So that's one reason why I think I haven't ever really gotten into these reading challenges. And it's been only in the past few years that I've really started seeing these reading challenges popping up on social media. So I haven't seen them around for a lot of years. I'm also not the kind to keep a journal or a diary or anything. We had a very, very dear family friend who has since gone home to be with the Lord, but she kept a notebook of every book she ever read. I don't know if she wrote down what the book was about or anything, but she at least had the title and the author down, and she kept that. She kept everything. She was famous or notorious, whatever word you want to use, for keeping everything. And she kept track of all the books that she ever read, which I was just thoroughly impressed with and knew that was not something that I could ever do. But now in the era of computers and internet and social interactions online, I think it's a little bit different. And I'm going to talk about what some of you have said about reading challenges, why you do them, why you don't do them, and some of the ones that you do do. So I asked the question on social media. This is where I found out that I was not posting anything to Instagram because I went to Instagram to find your answers to this and it wasn't on there. So we have to go with what you all said on Facebook and on Twitter to get our answers. Why do you join challenges? What are some of your goals? Do you meet them? And if you don't join reading challenges, why don't you participate in them? So a couple of you say that you do set goals on Goodreads. So it's the Goodreads challenge. And I wanted to see what that was all about because I've never done a Goodreads challenge. So I went over to Goodreads and I found on my homepage on the left-hand side, right under the books that I'm currently reading, is the 2023 Reading Challenge and saw that it's not too late to start the 2023 Reading Challenge. So good for me. I picked a really low number. I only picked 12 books. I thought that's only one book a month. And so I signed up for the 2023 Reading Challenge. And I'm already behind on my 12 books, but oh well, it is what it is. I signed up for my very first Reading Challenge. And it's kind of cool to have that little bar there that shows your progress and tells you how many books that you've read so far this year. And you can also go into, I clicked on the reading challenge and there are almost 5.7 million people participating in the 2023 reading challenge. That boggles my mind. I'm beyond thrilled to see that there are that many people around the world who are reading and reading a lot. And they have pledged 239 million books, which is amazing. So people want to read a total of 239 million books this year. And the average person has pledged to read 42 books, which that just blows me out of the water. That's a little less than a book a week. I used to probably be able to do that. 
And then I started writing and I had a family and that sort of went by the wayside. And maybe when I retire, I'll have time to do that again. I know my parents go to the library and they do a lot of reading in their retirement years, but that's, that's a lot. And it also tells you how many days you have left to do this. It tells me how many books I've read so far this year, which is just one. I have read more than that. I just don't have them all on Goodreads. And then it talks about my friends. So I can go through one person has pledged 20 books, another 20, another 50, another 70. And they've already read 25 of their 70 books, which is crazy. Here's another person who wants to read 100 books. That's like two books a week. Wow. I'd love to read two books a week. That. It's not going to happen right now, but that's amazing if you can do that. 56 books. Here's another person who wants to read 100 books. They've read 10 so far. Here's another one who wants to read 100 books. They've read 30 so far. Now, I happen to know that she is a blogger, a reviewer, so that makes a lot of sense why she would have read a lot of books so far this year. But that's how the Goodreads one works. Maybe you already knew that. That's something that I just learned. If you haven't learned about the Goodreads one, it's a really kind of cool way to keep track of the books that you've read during the year to look back on the ones that you've really liked and all that kind of stuff. So I think I'm going to keep going with this and we'll see if I make my 12 books or not. I hope I do. Like I said, sometimes I don't read them on Goodreads. Sometimes I get them from other sources. So it's not necessarily tied to Goodreads there if I don't purchase them on Amazon. But it still is a good way to keep track of that. So I am joining those of you who said that you like the Goodreads ones. I'm joining you. I am there now. So we can check out each other's progress. Someone who does the Goodreads challenge said that she loves seeing how many books she's reading and she likes looking over the list at the end of the year. I can see that would be really fun to see the books that you've read. And she also goes back to previous years when she wants to reread something. And she set a goal for 75 books last year and she'd kept it the same. And I happen to know, I think she made it. I think I remember her seeing that she made it. She's done other challenges in the past, but the person that she's done it through doesn't do it anymore. And she'd love to hear about any others out there. No one specified anything particular other than the Goodreads challenge. So I'll put that question back up. If you know of any reading challenges that might be good ones, I might have to ask this again as the end of the year comes up. But let us know. I know there are some fun ones out there. A couple of you said, and then Katrina said that she's joined several reading challenges this year. And she's also part of a cross-stitching group that does both stitching and reading challenges, which is really kind of fun. It's fun to combine those two. I actually, it's an old thing I found on Pinterest for a crocheting challenge. So I'm trying to do that this year. And it would be fun to combine something like that with a reading challenge. 
for the cross-stitching slash reading group, she's trying to pick things off of her way too big TBR list and trying to whittle that down. The biggest challenge seems to be remembering to mark things off in her planner and post the progress in the groups. So I can see where that would be a problem. Goodreads is pretty easy. I know when I've bought a book on Amazon and read it on my Kindle and gotten to the end, it automatically takes me to where I can post a review. So that makes it really simple to keep track of it and to post reviews if you're connecting the two. So you're doing that Goodreads challenge that way. But if you're doing it some other way, I can see remembering to go in and mark what you've read and things like that can be probably a challenge. And then over on Twitter, clicking over to Twitter here, Karen says she does two a year. One is a number of books challenge. So that sounds something like the Goodreads challenge and a curated list. So in other words, reading a book with a red cover, a book over 400 pages, so on and so forth. And I've heard of those. I am part of the Facebook group, Avid Readers of Christian Fiction. And I've said, if you're not part of that group, you should go join that. It's a great group. And I've seen people on there asking, I need a book set in such a place, or I need a book by an author with my same first name or whatever it is. So they're part of those kind of reading challenges, which would be fun and might really bring meaning to the word challenge. I could see where that would really, really be a challenge. It would be a challenge for me to find books like that, I think. And she says she does it because challenges remind her to take time to read, which is a must for writers and editors, which she is one. And they also push her outside of her normal reading genre. And I like that. I have, throughout the course of this podcast, been pushed out of my normal reading genre, not out of the historical necessarily, but different subgenres within historical and learned a lot and found authors and genres that I really like as well. So I can see where a challenge would be good that way. And you may not like every book that you read as part of a challenge, but if you find a new author or a new genre or a new subgenre or whatever that you like, would be really good and a lot of fun. And so I can see where a curated list, a challenge like that might be a lot of fun. I have thought about doing one on Christian historical fiction talk as part of our show, as part of our social media, but I haven't. And there are several reasons. And one of them being that I do a lot of reading for this. I do a lot of reading for my World War II book club. And so to add more reading on top of that is a lot for me, a lot. But we might start one next year, maybe even just a challenge of reading all of the books or something that are featured on the podcast throughout the year. That might be something that we could possibly do. We'll see. Let me know. You can DM me through social media and we can see if that maybe is something that we want to do and want to start for next year. We won't do it this year anymore. Too late for that. So that's a little bit about reading challenges, why you join them, why you like them, going through the Goodreads challenge, which I have now joined. So you've 
sucked me in. I'm on there now. Very low expectations for myself. Like I said, very low expectations. Those who said that they don't join reading challenges pretty much all had the same thing to say. Oh, before we get into that, Patty's said she's one of those who does a goal on Goodreads, but this year she made her own little challenge, which I love this little challenge, which was picking 23 books off of her current bookshelves to read in 23, 2023. So 23 books in 2023. I love that. I love that. What a great little challenge. She says she's only read three of them so far, but hey, it's only April, so you have plenty of time to catch up on that. Lots of wonderful summer days coming up to sit in the sun and enjoy a good book. Okay, those who don't join challenges, many of them are like me. They're busy. Someone said, I have to clean my house. Yeah, I know how that goes. It's easy to get caught up in a book, isn't it? Or in multiple books and sort of forget about the dusting or whatever. It's so much more fun to find out what's going to happen in the book than to dust or whatever. Yeah, too easy to get caught up in, in that. I can understand why that would be too much of a temptation to focus on that instead of the other things that you need to get done. And somebody else said, love to read, but no time for challenges because I'm a writer on deadline. And that is really true. It's challenging for me to read. Like right now I'm on a deadline. I have about six weeks to go. I have so much work left to do in this book. And so my pleasure reading is going to be very little in the next few weeks. It's going to be what I need to do for this podcast. And that's pretty much going to be it. So I get that writers on deadlines don't have time for pleasure reading. But as Karen said, it is good for writers to continuously read because we have to keep up with what's out there in the market and in the industry and things like that. But yeah, when you're on deadline, reading falls way down to the bottom of the pile. Sometimes it's right, 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 right from the time you get up till the time you go to bed and there's no time for anything else, even if you love to read. And I can see where a challenge might just put too much pressure on a writer under deadline. It would for me. So I totally get that as well. And somebody else said that they have seen reading challenges, but they're not sure how they work. So hopefully explaining Goodreads to you has helped you figure out how they work. And you can join Goodreads Challenge now or join one next year. And if we have one for Christian Historical Fiction Talk next year, maybe you can participate in that. So hopefully that was helpful to you. And there's somebody else on here who I know is a reviewer and so they don't join challenges because they have too many reading obligations already. So I also get that where if you have to read a certain book or a certain kind of book, like one with a red cover, and perhaps the books that you have to read for your reviews don't have red covers, then you have that extra challenge of having to do that. And so I can see where that could be a problem as well. That is very valid. Well, that's about all the answers that I got because I stupidly did not realize I was not posting things on Instagram. 
But I think that gives you a pretty good idea of reading challenges. It was very interesting for me, as I said, to read your reasons, why you do, why you don't, and to find out which ones you participate in. And you've got me now on Goodreads. So if you haven't friended me on Goodreads, let's get to be friends and we can follow each other as we finish our reading challenges for 2023. Hopefully I'll make my 12 books. Hope you make your 75 or 100, however many that you have. If you'd like more information about this episode or about some of the challenges that we talked about, especially the Goodreads challenge, then go over to my website, liztolsma.com, and the show notes for this episode will be there. You'll be able to learn a little bit more. I'll have a few links in there. We can connect on Goodreads and we can keep up with each other over there. Next week on the episode, we have author Jocelyn Green with us. I am so excited to have her back. It has been a long time since she has been here, but she is out with a brand new book. It's called The Metropolitan Affair. It is one that I did read. It was so good. I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. And so if you haven't picked up a Metropolitan Affair, if you want to get another book in for your reading challenge for 2023, I highly recommend The Metropolitan Affair by Jocelyn Green. She will be here to talk all about it. We had a fabulous interview. We chatted about lots of different things. And so so you're going to want to be sure to be here next week to hear my interview with Jocelyn Green. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show, to spread the word about Christian historical fiction talk. I do appreciate you so much. If it's your first time here, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you come back for Jocelyn Green next week. For those longtime listeners, always good to have you along. I hope all of you have a great week and we'll talk to you next time. 